Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. Hope everyone is crushing their day. Today, I have an honor of having with me the Trevor Heyer, who has been like the manager leader for a lot of things, even though he doesn't look like he's probably old enough to be the leader of a lot of things. His (laughs) mind, you guys, is brilliant. So I cannot wait to hear more from Trevor, to hear about his story. So Trevor, tell us about your journey and why dental? This is the perfect first question. And, and, you know, when I, when I was back in university, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Right. So I got, I got a degree in English, a degree in legal studies and a degree in exercise science. And what I realized when I graduated is that I didn't really want to do any of those things vocationally. My parents, my mother's a dentist, my dad's an orthodontist. Dental has been in my whole life forever. Right. And so I knew from a young age that I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the manual dexterity to do anything in the operating room, but I love the dental community. I love the people that are in the dental community. And I love what dentistry does to grow people's confidence, to improve their health. I mean, you and I have talked before about the oral systemic link and overall wellness. And so when I graduated, I realized that the dental space had so much more to offer, you know, than just being in the operating room. There was so much more to do. And so I've had the pleasure of, of being a part of a few dental companies since I graduated a number of years ago. And, and I just, you know, when it comes to being able to work with like-minded, motivated, smart people, people who want to make a difference and are doing that every day, I haven't found any community that's more robust and gives back more than the dental community does. So I just, I'm just thankful to be here with you and I'm thankful to be able to talk about that a little bit. Oh, that's cool. And I totally agree with you to echo your point. Dentistry is the best place to be because we have such a... I say that because I am a little bit biased, but I, I've seen other professions and I just feel like ours is cooler than that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we just have such a broad reach of, of people and impact that we can make in our professions through the many roles that we've served. Now, reading your bio and a lot of folks who probably are going to read your bio in the show notes after this, when they, when they listen to the podcast, you've done a lot of things since you graduated from university. When you decided that dental was for you, tell us about what happened after you said, Yes, I, dentistry, I would like to marry you. Like, tell us what happened with that. So to take a step back and how I sort of transitioned into dentistry, throughout college, I worked, I worked at Apple. That was my first real job. And so when I graduated and figured out I wanted to be in dental, the sort of natural fit was something in tech. So I immediately, you know, got started in, in what has started as our family business and has quickly grown into a pretty large enterprise. 
Um, and I was managing our web assets, doing our web design, some of our coding, building an app, stuff like that. Um, one of the things that was really important to me was, you know, having no clinical training, I wanted to learn a lot about the dental industry at large. So I did a little bit of the tech side, a little bit of marketing, some logistics, um, all the while sort of getting my feet wet in terms of the science of dentistry and getting some of my, my training there. Um, and then that role grew and I gradually began to manage first our marketing team and then some of our sales and, and that sort of manifested in what you know, you're describing in, in, in a management role. And so um, our two hallmark companies um, from the higher lab side being Plaque HD and Steriliner. Um, we just went through our, our acquisition of Plaque HD in, in December. And so I was really fortunate. Thank you. Uh, I was really fortunate to be able to lead the effort in that and, and sort of going through, it actually coincided really nicely with a rebrand of our products. And that was sort of the project I was, I was tasked with. And so that, that coincided really well with the acquisition. And then um, during that sort of same time of getting that started, I um, was really fortunate to be introduced to Catapult Education and was invited to run that company. Uh, for those of you who, who might not be aware, Catapult Education is the largest uh, dental education YouTube community in the world. Kelly, uh, we're so lucky to have Kelly as a part of that and, and such a wonderful, tremendous group of doctors, hygienists, um, and just, you know, that's another way from the product side and the education side to be able to better the community. So between those two roles, I, I keep myself relatively busy along with the, the dog that's sleeping behind me um, and a beautiful wife. And so um, it's just, it's been really amazing these last few years to be in the dental community. What a journey though, because you went from not knowing, like many of us did, right? Well, some of us did know, into tech, into now everything. As You're talking about like acquisitions. You're talking about teams, growing teams, having to manage those teams, being a visionary alongside of this. Because I think too, that your father is one of the co-founders of, of Steriliner and Plaque HD and the other yes. ones. And so you, you grew up in this household where what you talked about was teeth and improving oral health. And how cool is that? It's one of those things where it's, you know, I, I find fulfillment in a couple of ways in dental. Certainly working with the family business, um, fortunate to have two incredibly educated, incredible parents um, who have been passionate about dentistry since, you know, as long as I can remember. And then to have that entrepreneurial side, to watch what it's like to take a product from an idea 15 years ago to synthesizing and doing the R&D and that, you know, the sleepless nights of, is it going to work? Is it not? Are people going to like it? Um, to take that full circle now with our Plaque HD line and now sort of doing that same thing with Steriline or going through that process of, of seeing, you know, what the market is interested in, how we can help, you know, dentistry and people grow. Um, so that to have been a witness to that, you know, from, from childhood up until, you know, now has been just a dream come true. Absolutely. Did they ever do any clinical trials on you with Plaque? <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I will tell you, they did. I will tell you. So I had braces three different times. I had three different rounds of Invisalign. I had headgear. I had palatal expanders. I had the whole, I was the worst patient. I like to think I was a pretty easy kid, but I was not a very easy uh, a dental patient. So, so there was no clinical trials, but there was certainly a lot of trial and error when it came to my own teeth. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think um, Lawrence was telling me about that, where he was just like, "Yeah, he was not a compliant <laughs> patient." <laughs> exactly. Where I was like, "Oh, you had to have been a guinea pig in this." <laughs> yes, that's for sure. <laughs> but that's no, sure. um, you were definitely in the lab though with them, like you know, yes. truly getting this onto the shelves for people and products that are making a difference. So in all these times, kind of stepping back, connecting the dots, and you look to see the growth, those growth opportunities. And you think, 
okay, how is this going to work? Uh, what do we tell our team? Are we growing too fast? Because there's there's always these uncertainties that, and the little voices on your shoulders are always talk about like one saying, this is good. And one's, are you sure? How did you manage the teams, the people? Like what are some of your leadership things that you could, or tips that you could give to us of how you manage that? At the risk of sounding cliche, I'm going to go with, for, for me, the number one thing is I'm very hands-on and I'm very much, I like to do as much as I can do. And there's good and bad to that. The good is that you get to see things through and you get to engineer the results in the way that you see fit. The negative is that as a business grows, you can't do everything. You don't want to be doing everything. And quite frankly, it, you know, it's humbling to realize that there are people who are, are tasked with certain pieces of, of, of a business that are better than you might be. And so for me, the biggest key to success when it comes to our teams is empowering you know, our people, our, you know, our family within the Higher Labs community and Catapult certainly as well to do what they do best, to take a bit of a hands-off approach, not in terms of being there to support and educate and help through, but allowing you know, people and their core competencies to flourish, not hovering, not trying to check every single little thing, because you know that, that has two negative byproducts, right? It hampers efficiency and it doesn't make your people feel very good. It doesn't make them feel like you trust them. And so empowering your team to allow them to do their best work, that ultimately to me has been one of the keys to our success. because. You know, when you're when you're bringing people on, it's it's really, really important to be finding people who fit that specific need of your enterprise. And and when you decide to bring them on the contract to me, the emotional contract certainly is I'm going to support you. You're going to support me and I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to let you be your best. And that, you know, has ultimately, I think, been a, been a key driver of the growth of our businesses. I love that. And it's. This is the same transferable skill, skill sets. You can apply anywhere. And so when I'm thinking about what you're talking about and how this even translates to a dental practice and that team, it's no different. People have their different strengths. And I think too, and tell me if you agree that this may translate in a way where um, you, you have to talk to individuals to figure out what lights them up to say, you know, where, where do you operate best? Where's your zone of genius to be able to take that and put them into that zone. So they're constantly challenged. They're in their gifts and you can say, cool, you know, yep, that's exactly where they should be. And they thrive. Is that what you found as well? Kelly, it's so funny you're saying that because, you know, I think, I think we all have this, this worry, right? If you go and ask your team and you say, what do you want to do? And what do you not want to do? They're going to pick the easiest things to do, and they're going to run away from the hardest things. If you've brought the right people onto your team, that is just not true. If you find a way to get comfortable with the fact that you're going to be vulnerable and asking your team what they want to do, and really meaning it, right? Not just asking to feign this interest and in letting them do what they want, but really giving them the opportunity. I have almost always been pleasantly surprised. People want to do what they're really good at. They want to work hard. They want to feel fulfilled. And having that sort of that risk of, of maybe they're going to pick the thing that's easy and leave something harder for someone else. I've so often found that that's just not true. And by giving people the credit that, that they deserve, by letting them feel and be empowered, ultimately they're doing their best work. And so I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that, that allowing you know, staff, employees, team members, the opportunity to do what they love and to, to do things that they might find challenging, but fulfilling, that is absolutely the way to go. Yeah. And I think too, what you're alluding to here as well is giving them that autonomy to be in the space where they thrive and where they want to be. They get to choose. They don't get voluntold. 
for something like, hey, go on this. I feel like I just did that. Well, That's a great term. I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Is, that, is that a thing? <laughs> and well, I, you know, it's what they say at church, you know, hey, you're going to be volatile and plastic clipboard around. But then recently on this non-sexy project, I was like, I know this isn't your favorite thing, but, and, and then two, if it's not your favorite thing, pair them with someone else as a strategy that I've, that I've learned that who can support them. So they don't feel like they're alone or they don't get stuck. So a recent example of this is that we are going through our reaccreditation process through next level dental hygiene. And so I have our uh, director of operations here. She's working. She's like, okay, never done this before. So then I have another person help support her. And then another person on my team can help feed in the information and act as a resource. So everyone feels highly supported in this. And if you get stuck, you don't get stuck too long. It's that, you know, just to not, not overarching, but just work together as a team and learn about the company and learn about the culture, build that trust and, and then have that sense of accomplishment and pride that, yeah, man, I did that, you know? A hundred percent. And Kelly, you bring up such an important point, which is that not, you know, on its own, not every task is going to be sexy or fun or interesting. But if, if you have a team that is dedicated to the common goal of, of making a company its best, right? Making a practice its best, whatever, a relationship, it could be anything, right? If you're involved in a relationship like that with your team members, your community, even the things that aren't super fun on their own, that are leading toward a really exciting, fulfilling goal, those things aren't, they're not, they're not cumbersome. They're not tedious. They're sort of the nuts and bolts of what makes a company run. So, you know, a perfect example of that is when we were going through our rebrand uh, for Plaque HD before before the acquisition, we, I don't remember the exact number, I think it was like 47 or 48 label variations. And when you're on label 26, and you're looking at whether a font should be 1.2 space between or 1.1, and, and it, it seems sort of, you know, it's like, does it really matter? At the end of the day, what, what we were working toward was, you know, creating the best possible product for our patients and our and our and our customers. And, and so at the time, it sort of feels like a little bit like, you know, extra and tedious, as I was saying, but at the end, it comes together to make something really special. And because of that time, effort, attention paid, ultimately, you know, our team who was working on that feels so much pride in seeing it now on the shelves and seeing it all around because they worked really hard at it. It wasn't something that they just threw together. And so, you know, empowering your team to feel that way about even the, the nitty gritty is super important. And to your point as well, I mean, I've held several of your products and I happen to just like have your coconut foaming because <laughs> this is my favorite. Now, I yes. mean, it's you guys. Okay. I have shows to you. It's the coconut foaming hand sanitizer. So it's with almond oil and it's very natural. It leaves you feeling uh, hydrated. It makes you, it's clean. You know, you feel clean and it just is like such a pleasant scent. I'm like, Oh, what is that? I feel almost like Bath and Body Works, but not so much. But I'm like, oh, I feel refreshed. But my point is that the just the labeling and the way it feels on here, it feels like it's a higher end. So all of the work and my business cards, when I hand them to someone, somebody like somebody's like, Do I have two? And I'm like, yeah. no, it's the cardstock. Yes. Cause you want to make yes. it feel like it's a high-level experience. So all those little things to me, as soon as I held your steriliner, as soon as I held this product with the the sanitizer, I could feel the difference in my hand before I ever put it in my mouth. It's so funny you're bringing up the hand sanitizer because it, it, it highlights two really you know, impactful things from our last, say, 18 months, especially with COVID. So, you know, Higher Labs sort of lives by this idea of creating these mass market products um, with, you know, mass market appeal 
but with a niche kind of touch to them, right? So when COVID hit, um, just like everybody else, you know, we were closed and trying to figure out, you know, what that meant for our business, what that meant for our patients, et cetera. And because we're vertically integrated, because we, you know, control A to Z of the manufacturing fulfillment distribution process, we, you know, we sat down and we said, what can we do to, to make a positive impact in, in what was a very scary time for everybody? So we looked at hand sanitizer, which everybody was making at that point. And what we really wanted to do was twofold. We wanted to create something that was a little bit better and different, which I, you know, I'm thrilled that, that I think it's manifested that way. And we also wanted to be able to provide that with the other products that we sell, right? And so, you know, we were very proud to be shipping out sanitizer with, with all of the orders that we sent out. And, you know, just, just to be able to, to be very nimble, to be able to make a difference on the fly. You know, fortunately, we don't live in a world where there's something like COVID every other day. So, you know, we hope and pray that, that we don't have that same issue again for so many reasons. But I feel very thankful to be part of an organization that's able to very quickly pivot and make changes and make an impact on the community in a special way. Absolutely. So it's, you know, from the font to the end user experience and then trying to make sure it makes sense for them. And then trying to, too, I think with your team, relay this and everyone, because someone, and I know on teams that I'm in, sometimes people can be off here on a tangent and it's like, you got to bring them back to the core purpose of what was our primary objective on this? Because there's also, let's for a moment, if we can, if you don't mind, let's talk about when your team possibly disagreed and had to have a very courageous conversation, a vulnerable conversation about, we disagree on this. How did you, do you have any examples? I put you on the spot again. Do you have any examples of how you might move forward in that situation? So I'm going to put, I'm going to put Lawrence, my dad on the spot. He's not here. Um, he's actually in the office. It's one of his like two patient days a month. Um, but I'm going to use a story with him. So my dad is, he's the dreamer of the business. I mean, he, he, from, from the very beginning, I think his whole life, he went into ortho. That was what he graduated with. But, but I think ultimately his goal, his mission was to be able to, to reach a lot more people, to be able to make things, dream things up and and see them through. So dad loves making new products, new SKUs. And what ends up happening, you know, sometimes is, you know, we'll put it through our team and we're very, we're very transparent about this. We will put the question out to our team and we'll say, do you like X or Y? Say it's different flavors of a product. Lawrence happens to like a particular flavor of this product. So he was on team A, call it. But team B was winning and team B won. That was the vote. And so it was really interesting because what, what it illuminated to me was that, well, it illuminated two things. The first is that we were getting really honest feedback from our teams, right? Because when you have the founder and CEO saying, I like this, and we all put our votes in, they're all, the, what would be the word? They're not anonymous. Like, you know exactly who it is, right? So it was very known what Lawrence wanted. And, and we, we actually didn't end up doing that. And I think for me, you know, it was a very constructive look at what could be a, a disagreement because it ultimately allowed our, our people, our team to have a voice, and, you know, by the same token, it showed that you don't always have to agree, especially when there's, you know, a potential power distance or whatever. But, you know, at the end, if, if we're all working together toward that same goal of providing something that people are going to find value in and they're going to like, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong or who has what idea. And so that's just the first example that comes to my head, um, something that we actually were just, just dealing with a few, a few weeks ago. So, so it's just, yeah, I, that, that's how I look at it. I think that to have a team that feels comfortable, empowered to voice their opinions, to disagree. 
that that honesty, that transparency, I think has made us a much better business overall. So again, it comes back to that vulnerability, that transparency, that honesty. And then two, what Ray Dalio talks about in his principles book is about that radical candor and the and and being a part of a, of an organization. And this is dentistry too. And this is what I talk about a lot, where even though it feels uncomfortable to say, Lawrence we don't really agree that you like this meant as much. You know, we can disagree on this and we win. <laughs> but to bring all of the ideas at the table, and it's not about egos, it's about the idea, the best idea wins. And sometimes you iterate that and you come back to some of the original ideas. But to go through that, to understand that everyone in your team is coming to that table with that ability to to have any of their ideas not shot down, that you're hearing all ideas is I yes. think a critical point in any team. So, you know, I always use, the ex- not always, but I use the example of when a boss, when a, when a dentist is in a, is in a um, office and you see something or even, uh, you know, your, your dad, any other boss, and they're doing something that's creating some type of friction with the team, their organization, that leader relies on their followers to inform them of what it's causing. Yes. And yes. so the strength is truly in the followers and the team that's there because they inform the leader. And without that dynamic, without that trust and that power position that you called it, um, there is, it can become very skewed and very biased because truly the power is a shared shared leadership between the followers and the leader. So it's important even in dental practices, I think to come together and say, you know what, you guys, all ideas are good here. Please let's share. What are we missing? Because that's where it all comes down to blind spots. And the idea that someone didn't say could have been the answer you were always looking for. It's one of those things where the suggestion box, the open forum, the town hall, you know, there's a difference, a big difference between having those things and actually using them, implementing them. So when it comes to taking everybody's opinions, I mean, you know, giving your people a voice is very different than hearing them, right? And actually listening to what they're saying. And so, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that living in, in any scenario, but certainly in business, in the echo chamber of your own head is not a win for anybody. Nobody, not one successful company, in, no matter if it's Fortune 500 or, you know, a mom and pop flower store, say, not one successful business exists just because of one person. And so to, to be consistently reminded of that and to be implementing that into daily workflows is absolutely paramount to success. No business succeeds on the back of just one person. I love that. And it's, it sounds like that you all are actually living in your principles. And two, when you, if, when you notice that, and sometimes you feel like that you're, that something that you want is coming through, like Lawrence's mint flavor, um, to say, to acknowledge it and say, you know what, you guys, I realize that that's something because that, that shows the leader's vulnerability too, to say, you know, I was wrong in that. And, and I'm thinking about this differently. It's not about who's right and wrong. It's about who truly, you know, that met, that made me think about that differently. And next time I'm going to come, come to the table with more of this and to hear your team Hear you think out loud on that, I think, is an important part of that trust building, too. A hundred And that's what I've always received from you, Trevor, you and your family and those folks who you're surrounded with in your circle, because they're just what you see is what you get. And you can ask any questions and be straight shooting. And that's that's one of the things that I, that I truly honor about you all. Well, we appreciate that. And I think that you, you brought up such an important point in, in terms of it not being a zero sum game. It's not a win or lose, right? Like there 
it, it's it's so much more than I'm right, you're wrong, or you're right, I'm wrong, because we're working together toward the same thing. It all comes back to that common goal, right? And so, you know, just because dad might like a, you know, a key lime, pl- a key lime pie flavor of Smile, say, for example, I'm not saying that's what it was, maybe it's what it was, and watermelon mint was the one that people liked more than that, that doesn't mean that dad was wrong. Maybe we'll do that one day. I don't know. Maybe, probably not, though. Um, but it does mean that our people feel empowered. They have their voice and ultimately they're being heard. And that's, that's just so important. You guys could put out a limited edition. So, okay. So it's so funny. You're saying that. So, (laughs) okay. So a little bit of a sneak peek here. So what we're thinking, because, because as I mentioned before, we're so well vertically integrated is we can do flavors really quickly. I get really, I see how I got closer. I I I was like, well, you're going to come do this. I got to back up for a second. So, so that is absolutely something that's in the works. We're certainly thinking about how we can implement that in a way that that feels limited because you know you put resources into say a flavor for example and you want to make sure that it's going to do well and that and that it has enough time to go through micro and all of those things um but that is certainly something we're looking at doing so i'm i won't say any more on it but i'm very excited about that all right now that's just rude no i'm kidding (laughs) i know you're just teasing us trevor i mean go on so how do thank you so much for sharing this and you know i knew that when we met that it was there was a synergy in terms of energy how we treated people how we care and how we love on people in general just about having that um that empathy and, and and under trying to create understanding because that's truly what great relationships are about and you've done an excellent job of this throughout your career and will continue to do I'm, I'm sure and so you know all of this is important from any organization that you're in and I just wanted to share this with our audience that it, it applies to you everything you're telling us it applies to you exactly where you are you know to start today to have this courageous conversation start today having creating that environment and say you know what can we just start by sharing here you know what is everybody thinking just start by that one morning meeting what does everybody think and it starts with that one person asking the question, yes, as it always does. So thank you so much for that little peek into your career. And tell us, too, how people can find you. Tell, tell us about, can you give us like 20 seconds on like what Steriliner is? And it's personally yeah. my favorite. I cannot live without Steriliner, you guys. Ugh, it's it's awesome. Okay. So you mentioned my compliance issues, and I don't want to, I'm certainly not taking all the credit for Steriliner by any measure, but one of the reasons why we came up with Steriliner was for someone like me who has two dental practitioners in the office, I wasn't even compliant with my appliances because they were gross and they didn't smoke and whatever. So Steriliner, Steri-Smile, Steri-Brush, our whole Steriliner line is meant to better clean, sanitize, take care of your appliances. Because ultimately, if you're not wearing your aligners or your mouth guards or your sleep guards, whatever it is, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, whether it means they're not straightening your teeth, they're not protecting your teeth, they're not letting you sleep, whatever else. So that's what the whole Steriliner line aims to do is just increase that compliance. Um, and so Steriliner, fortunately, we, you know, we've been partnered now for a couple of years with Invisalign. So we're in their family of ancillary products. Um, we also, you know, our plaque HD line, as I was mentioning before, was acquired by American Orthodontics. So they have now taken that over and are already taking it to new heights, which is extraordinarily exciting. Um, and so, so that, that sort of comprises our two, our two main products, things like the coconut foaming sanitizer, um, we do from time to time. And then that new limited edition stuff is certainly coming soon. Um, but those are our two main product lines. Yeah. And so with the, with that too, I think with Steriliner, it gives patients, it, it promotes the compliance of aware of the aligners, also sleep apnea devices, occlusal guards, because they trap mold and fungus in the crevices and 
any other cleaner that I've, that I was recommending to my patients as a hygienist for years, I, I honestly didn't know what to recommend to them. And I was just speaking to an office the other day, they were recommending Dawn dish soap. A lot of that stuff can be abrasive to the polymers that are used in that and can then trap more stuff, biofilm, stain, you name it. Yes. A hundred percent. So, so there's that piece for sure. The abrasivity is a big, you know, is a big no, no. The other, the other one of, you know, biggest differentiator about Steriliner and the entire line is that the vast majority of cleaners out there um, are, are killing 99% of odor causing bacteria, which is important. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Steriliner is different in that it kills 17 of the most common bacteria, yeast and mold which I'm sure a lot of people don't even know are in their appliances. And so, you know, we're not just trying to make your liners look better or taste better or smell better. They're actually, you know, clean and clean for you. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world now, especially post-COVID, where, where germs are, you know, we don't see them any more than we used to, but we certainly feel their presence. And so it's now more important than ever to be taking care of our appliances. Um, and so so that's just the biggest thing for, for us is not you know, not disrupting the daily routine. So you use Steriliner while you brush, it doesn't actually add any complexity to your routine, um, is efficient, effective, easy to use all of those good things. So absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for mentioning those additional points. And then we'll also drop a link in the show notes about how to order that at Steriliner.com too. We'll have a QR code that you all can scan. The, the customer services bar none. They're like five-star everything. So uh, Trevor, any additional final thoughts that you want to add? I just would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge how, uh, how fortunate, blessed, whatever the word is I feel to be doing something like this with you. Um, it's, it's really, really gratifying to be able to be in, a, in an occupation where you get to work with people who have the same goals, the same values, the same hopes and dreams for the, for the world. And so I know that's a little mushy and I, I'm sorry about that. That's just me. Um, but, but I just, I really appreciate you having me on and just, you know, this kind of conversation is what dentistry is all about. So I'm just thankful to be here. It sure is. And I'm honored to have you because I I felt the same with Trevor and I met at a catapult retreat, uh, because he's the head, head person over there and he had drones flying in the air, man, he was like (laughs) running it. Uh, he and Lou Graham and all the other great folks over there and just have, have, have a big heart for what we're doing and the purpose and our, and serving our why. So I, I think that's what, that's what you attract. You are what you attract, right? And Absolutely. you get back ex- exactly what you are. So I appreciate, so appreciate you. So great having you on. Thank you for your time today. There'll be okay. links in the show notes, you guys. Find Trevor, hunt down, ask him lots of questions about his bite now. And uh, <laughs> good now. <laughs> hey, I'm good. <laughs> but thank you so much. Uh, if you guys wouldn't mind doing me a quick favor and give us five stars, it'll take you just like two seconds on Apple. Give us a five star review that would really, really just um, be awesome to me and to also Trevor. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye.